hi good morning oh hello it is morning this time it is we're like <laughs> we are 17 minutes before afternoon this is an improvement <laughs> <laughs> we're getting it we're getting Dude, there pm has just been chomping my life like pac-man and those ghosts yeah for sure <laughs> Yeah, and I'm always running after that fucking cherry, and then it's gone before I can get to it, and then all no! of a sudden, I know turn around, feeling. and you're like, no, so many ghosts. Ah! Oh, there's so many ghosts. God. All I want are some cherries. <laughs> uh, I have never been good at Pac-Man. Well, to be honest, I was never good at any arcade game because mm-hmm. my mom wouldn't give me quarters to play. The only way you can get good at them is if you play them, and then we don't have consoles. Yeah, you have to be really, really good, or you have to not. You get good by practicing. And, right. Uh, yeah, I just never had the opportunity. I mean. As unattended as I was as a child, I was not, I guess, unattended around quarter machines. <laughs> yeah, yes. You have to be willing to spend a lot of money. And I think my expectations of arcade games was always very much like, oh, one quarter will get you a lot of fun. <laughs> yes, which is why I like pinball, quite frankly, because at the right machine for me, I can go for a while on oh, those. Yeah. Yes. Um, but I can also, you know. <laughs> Chuck that 75 cents right down the turlet in two seconds also can be very frustrating. Oh, um, uh, have you ever been to the Pinball Museum in Asbury Park? Uh, I actually haven't. Why <gasps> not? Um, maybe because I thought you could play or I thought you could just you go can. in and play. You can, but maybe you have to pay the cover charge as well. Yeah, but it's not that much. It's really I not. I want to say it's like I want to say it's like ten dollars for an hour or sixteen dollars for the whole day. Ooh! <laughs> and there's one in the city too. That one's called Silver Ball. I can't remember what the one in in Manhattan is called, but that's in like Murray Hill area. And that one will pause your time so that you can go. They don't. You can't bring drinks inside, but you can go next door to the bar and go like throw back a couple drinks. Or have a sandwich and then come back and they'll start your time up again. Oh, mm-hmm. all this is doing is making me really wish that I could go to Asbury Park for the summer. I, you know, who knows if that'll be open again, but yeah, I, I know. know. I, I love it's Asbury. Be real bad. I my do only, too. my only thing about Asbury Park is that once you're on the boardwalk, there is literally no shade for miles. Like there's yes. the boardwalk and then there's a parking lot. And then on either side, there's like the arc, the arcade, which isn't an arcade; it's uh-huh. just a building. And then there's the conference center, and that's your shade. <laughs> and yeah, it's such a right. delicate flower. Like I, I can't. Yes, even no, if you walk same. over to Wonder Bar or something, like there's no. I don't there's understand no it. Why just put a couple trees in the dang parking lot, y'all's? <laughs> Although to be fair, that's pretty much the deal with every shore point. Isn't it? I uh, guess, but Point I, it Pleasant doesn't... has some has some shade. Point Pleasant yeah. can find shade pretty. It doesn't feel it's as cool. extreme. Like um, Ocean City, New Jersey, and Maryland, I feel both have at least a little bit of shade. Oh well, also there's more stuff on the boardwalks in those places. Right. Like there's more awnings like awnings. Can... Yes. Yeah, uh-huh. that's the thing that that's missing. It's just like a huge stretch of nothing, and then bars. The right. Don't have overhangs. Yeah. Right, right, right. And you can't actually enjoy any of the 
any of the shade that they might offer unless you are a customer. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, we went to Asbury Park for my birthday last year um, for a handful of days. And, I remember uh, that. Oh, you guys looked like you had a great time. Nice. It was. It was so chill. And, uh, and I mean, basically the MO was like, okay, let's commit to being outside for the rest of the day as of like 4 p.m. <laughs> oh, that's fair. Yeah, I like afternoon too. the sun too. has moved long, yes. far enough back that like, yeah, you won't be sizzling. And right. then I felt comfortable sitting on the beach and like being in a bathing suit by 5 p.m. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, girl, just get a rash guard for fuck's sake. I know. Oh crap! Where did I just see really cute long sleeve bathing suits? Torrid. Fa 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 fa. Nope. No, I was holy. I was on Torrid for like a half hour yesterday. Granted, not looking for that, but I was so annoyed and disappointed by all of their current offerings. But anyway, no, wow. it's just like I don't understand. I feel like everything's going back to that '90s style where it's like wear wear a flowered strappy dress with a white t-shirt underneath it you know what i'm talking about that period yeah of course like yes one that i tried to emulate for a very long time and then i no longer have any interest in doing right it was sort of like when delia's came out to be the counterculture to that Mm -hmm. where that was like the Mm -hmm. the straight laced situation and then if you were like i'm too cool for that Uh i don't know then you then you have a ripped a ripped dress? I don't know what the alternative Something was. Something made of tinfoil and safety pins. Exactly. <laughs> oh, man. Um, yeah. Oh, anyway. Long sleeve bathing suit. It might have been Shine. Oh. Or, or Shane. <laughs> I think that's what it was. Shane, again, Shane, Shine. Shane, Shane, yep. Shine. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, take a look. They, and they had zippers, too. So if you're like, Everybody take I want a the look. rash guard. <laughs> Everybody take a quick look. <laughs> like, if you want the long sleeve aspect, but maybe you want your boobs out a little bit, you can unzip it a little bit. Oh, yeah. And I know Eloquy, it, is it Eloquy, maybe? Uh, I think it's Eloquy just made, like, a zip-up Bond scuba rash guard thing that's pretty hot. Oh, I can't wear scuba in the summer. Well, I, I don't think it, I, I think it's just, a, I think it is just rash guard material, but the oh, way okay. that it looks is it looks like a scuba dive suit. Huh. Yeah. I just want a shrug. <laughs> I just have a shrug made out of uh, bathing suit fabric? Like, If you know. I could never burn my cleavage or shoulders again, it would be a fucking miracle. Yeah, that, I would like that. Except for then your neck, really like your neck would burn, and you're still... <laughs> uh, anyway, just get me a mummy suit rash guard. <laughs> there you go. Or just let me out after four p.m. <laughs> hire, uh, hire a handsome twenty-five-year-old to just wander around with a umbrella. Ooh, or really big palm fronds. <laughs> Ooh, dramatique. <laughs> I mean, fuck, everybody's out of work. I would probably do that for somebody. Right? (laughs) Should I be your valet? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Wasn't that one of the sticking points in Shrill? One of the things why uh, What's-Her-Face was so mad. She thought that the the scene had been stolen out of her book. Because she was like, there was even a boy following a girl around with an umbrella. And I'm like, that's all of our dreams, isn't it? That's all of our dreams. And also she was like, it was specifically a parasol. And everyone was like, yeah, that's femme culture. Oh, Lord. It's decidedly a fat-centric thing. And 
you doy. <laughs> Weird. Weird. Oh, Romantic. oh, we were going to talk more about food today, right? We were. So here's what happened, fuck buddies. We were going to we were going to do this podcast uh last week and then we just got swept up into the delightful uh whirlwind that was New York City uh uh cuisine that um that we were like, "Hey, let's do a redirect." So, yes. Um, this is. And what I just want to say real quick, uh, another shout out to our friend Rebecca. She was like, "I'm so impressed about how much Jewish food you know." Ah! Oh, of course she was. That's oh my how God, I know yes, cultural Rebecca. stuff, man. That's like that is how I understand culture. That's why I God, I used to love all of Anthony Bourdain's travel stuff too. Like, mm. R.I.P. This was more like he would go and either talk to a friend in whatever the country was or he would have somebody set. I remember, I think he was in Iran and had got got an interview with um, a journalist to talk mm. about like the free press in the press in Iran and stuff like that. Um, it, yeah, very, very cultural with a great deal of respect towards whatever the food was. And I mean, that guy liked to eat everything. So God bless. But <laughs> I think I watched him drink fermented horse milk or something. Ah, a la, nope. Nope. A, nope. A la Game of Thrones. It was definitely oh. some sort of fermented something. Oh, <laughs> it's no. like, I watched Andrew Zimmern learn how lutefisk was made and then, and then ingest it. <laughs> I'm sorry. Raise his hand. That sounds like it's got fish involved in it. Oh, it that- sure does. It's a it's a it's a Nordic thing that has then been passed down to a lot of the Midwest, which were settled by Scandinavian folks, you know, uh, which were colonized by Scandinavian folks. Um, mm-hmm. And it is a dried fish that was brined in lye. Hmm, uh, that sounds safe. Lutefisk actually means lye fish. It's usually um, cod or haddock or pollock. It's brined in lye and it is soaked for a long time and and then gets steamed up. It looks and feels gelatinous and it is served with warm cream or butter and it's enjoyed with copious amounts of beer or aquavit. It's enjoyed. Yeah, maybe because you have to be that drunk to enjoy it. Um, you know, uh, um, apparently preppers and other people do something called high meat, which is a similar thing where it's some kind of fermented meat. I just like, I, how is it? Well, here, whatever. (laughs) Just in the same way that I think about things growing up that were totally normal and natural that I ate, that I look back on now and I'm like, how... Did I eat all that crap all the time? Um, I think about that with other things where I'm just like, it's totally normal. Um, so I was watching a TV show called Taboo. And they were oh. talking about how, you know, what if you think it's gross to eat certain foods, think about the fact, think about what cheese actually is. Think about what? how cheese is made, where it came from, how it's been sitting around for so long. And uh, we're like, note to our listeners, uh, do we're not like, think about where cheese comes from. <laughs> 
And we're like, om nom nom, cheese, 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 put cheese on this, put cheese in that, la la la, cheese sauce. Uh, and there are other cultures that are like, that's disgusting, what is wrong with you? So I thought that that was a good culture privilege check. Yeah, yeah, right. Uh, uh, the great evener yes. is like, hey, everything we eat is pretty fucking weird. <laughs> sure. Yeah, I mean, it gets right down to it. That's absolutely true. Do you know how weird potatoes are? I had never thought about that. I just had how, potatoes last night. How weird it is because they don't they don't grow above the ground. You have to go and you so yeah, the best found, way Who found the first potato and was like, I bet this is tasty. <laughs> right. Right. Crunch. And the most right, and then you can't eat them raw. No. So, like, the whole process of figuring out how to turn them into mashed potatoes and first having to figure out cows to, like, get butter involved. <laughs> it must have taken forever to get a potato correct. <laughs> you had to wait for butter and sour cream and bacon. <laughs> And those little pre-packaged containers of chives. Oh, my word. Oh, man. <laughs> salt? When did they oh. figure out salt? Mm. I don't know. I would be a really, really bad food show host. Salt? I think this is perfect because you're so curious. You're like, what? I am. I mean, but also being like, how do people know this before the 80s? And, you know, people just sitting down and being like, Jennifer, this has been something in in the human experience for thousands of years. I want to know who (laughs) discovered whatever the fuck is in Taco Bell, because that's not meat. (laughs) Grade D, but edible. (laughs) Oh, what I would not do for Taco Bell right now. Mm. Bullshit. Taco Bell was a huge part of my growing up. Um because it was cheap and you could eat so many good things for like four dollars um they <clears throat> i'm old um for a while there was a 59 79 99 menu oh and so it was i like remember pintos. that commercial yeah it was like pintos oh, and cheese was like the 60 cent thing can you imagine getting anything for 60 cents right now god can you get anything? I Maybe believe. a gumball? <laughs> um, there is a hot dog place. It's the weirdest. It's the weirdest and best place on earth. You know Imho. so many good weird places. Go on. I, because I grew up here. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it's called Toby's. Toby's Cup is the actual name of it. And we all call it it Toby's. It's in my hometown. And basically, it is a shack that looks like a place that you'd buy a beach tag. Um, Oh, you took us there. I did? Yeah, it's got the crazy sodas and stuff. Yes, of course I took you to Toby's. Of course I did. We went there on my birthday, didn't we? We, like, left my party and went for hot dogs. Yeah, and or maybe... No, 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 wait. I wasn't with that group. We went on the way back from tubing. <gasps> yes, of course. Oh, yeah. that was so good. <laughs> that was so good. I was so freaking hungry. <laughs> hey, maybe tubing is something we could. <gasps> tubing tubing is automatical idea. social distancing. Yeah. Oh, you're smart. Oh. I would do that. We still have that floating cooler thing. 
Let's go tubing. That was cool. We should totally fucking go tubing. In that dirty-ass Delaware. Ah. Uh, you know what? But everything is filthy. Everything is full of virus. So, like, what's up, <laughs> Delaware? <laughs> full of virus. <laughs> what's the viral load of the Delaware River? <laughs> also, I want to say... I want to say that the Delaware has actually cleaned up its act the most. I saw something on the interweb uh, that the Delaware has, like, gotten particularly, uh, sp- uh, you know, brand spanking, shiny, and clean. Um, since light. all of this? Well, maybe since all of this, or maybe, like, concerted efforts over the last, like, year or two. I don't know. Oh, snap. Bye. That's great. Right? I know. So, like, uh, yeah, maybe that is, maybe that could be some social distancing that we could totally take part in. Um, (laughs) That would be awesome. I would love the hell out of that. (laughs) Wouldn't that be fun? Oh. Um, Where was I going? Oh, right, Toby's. So Toby's looks, uh, Toby's looks like a place where you would buy a beach tag, except... Uh, it, it, the building itself is kind of shaped like a cupcake or a muffin. Yes, the walls that's kind right. of <laughs> the walls slant outward, and then the top is sort of like a big muffin top. And there is um, sort of like a Sputnik light. Uh, <laughs> it's one of those sixties, <laughs> right? 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 Uh, futuristic. Spangled. Things. It looks like a coronavirus. Uh, uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> and. When I was younger, I want to say a hot dog was 70 cents there. Yeah. Yeah. And I, that makes it's only a lot gone of up sense because then you could get like a hot dog and a drink for like a dollar, yeah. dollar fifty. Yeah. Oh my God. You could get so much at Toby's. And we had, um, we had like a, I don't know what, what you'd call it because I don't know where these exist anymore. There used to be one in Teaneck and there definitely was one where I grew up. Um, just outside of Peaburg in Easton, uh, that was a movie theater that got uh, releases a little bit later, mm-hmm. and they were oh, I like, love theaters like that. That's, that's uh-huh. hardly around anymore. I love that. Oh my, hardly God. around. I don't know where they went. There was one on Cedar Lane in Teaneck that used to be like four bucks for a movie, uh-huh. um, and then this one we fondly all called the two dollar movies. Yeah. Because you could see anything for two bucks. Yeah. And there was a time that Gabby and I went and Gabby paid entirely in pennies. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And they were so pissed. Flex. Of course. Of course. I saw so many movies for two dollars. I know. I know. We had a place called Potbellies in um, Florida, which I think was maybe five dollars. But once you got in there, you could smoke and drink. Oh shit! <laughs> oh my Pot god! Was insane. It was Florida. so dirty. It and the, so when you walked in, it was like um, a bunch of memorabilia. And the guy was this round, you know, the guy who plays the stapler guy in Office Space. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. That he looked like that actor, but with a very big rotund tummy. Um, and he always had like rainbowy suspenders on and was always there. Um, and you could get like a French bread pizza that had four different theaters, like actually was this edible. Place state food. regulated? Oh, I'm sure it wasn't. I mean, it is something else now, but it's it was. I mean, this is the action park of. Oh yeah, yeah yeah. Like little tiny tables where you could set your cups on that were attached to the seats in front of you. So if somebody sat down, it would spill your whole thing of beer. Um, yeah. 
but you could get a pitcher of beer. And because either it was dark or because nobody cared, nobody was IDing the college kids. And they never got in trouble. So I wasn't 21 oh until God. I was almost graduated. So we used to go all the time. All the time. <laughs> I believe Red Dog was the cheap-ass beer. I think you could get a pitcher of beer for like six bucks, I want to say. A whole oh, fucking pitcher. Amazing. So you would pay like 2 to $5 to get into the movie. And it wasn't that much further after. I remember I saw Evita there. <laughs> but then one time. Wow, wow, wow. One time I think uh, I saw, I don't know. Uh, oh, wait. K9, the Widowmaker. And we were the only, we just wanted to get drunk. <laughs> so I went with my friend Kat and we sat in the back. Nobody, there's like nobody in there. So we just talked through the whole movie and drank. <laughs> I still, and I would smoke. I can't believe I used to smoke in that place. Oh my Not only God. was it like such small closed quarters, but people were eating. French red pieces were actually also a big part of my growing up. This was meant to be a growing up food. Weird yes, food it was. Growing up. Uh, this was something that I am aware that like everybody looks to as a comfort food and I've literally never had one ever. Huh. And it was like a Stouffer's thing, right? Like What's that? Stouffer's. Oh, French makes... red pizza? Yeah. Yeah. But you never made your own? I've never had one ever. I didn't have one. Uh, <laughs> I didn't have one as a child. I didn't then make them as an adult. I just have never had a French bread pizza. I mean, it's probably one of the cheapest things you could ever make. It's just, you know, however much a loaf of French bread costs and you toast it. We would just slice it and put it right in the oven, like without, not on anything. Just put it right on the grate until it's mm. toasty. And then you flip it over and you put sauce and cheese and whatever the hell. And then you put it back it, in the oven. So it's a meatball you, sub. Hold the meatballs. For sure. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> or whatever. You can I've had meatball subs. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's, all right. Well, if you want to get pedantic about it, yes, that is exactly. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I didn't come up with it. That's just what I keep yeah. calling it. I just like I know that there I I know this box in the freezer aisle and I know that pretty much everybody looks at it fondly and thinks about how much they love them and I'm like I I never knew that this was a thing I never knew it existed uh yeah so it's just like it's not a touchstone for me but um what does it feel like for you oh 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 it feels very warm and safe and for me, it also, because my mom did actually make them back when we used to use the oven before either it broke or we decided to store things in there. Um, I think it broke before we stored things in there, but my family has a long history of putting shit in the oven that's not things you're going to cook. I don't, I don't know why. I do not know Sorry. why. Uh, I would love to know what makes that list. <laughs> uh, okay, so when the oven broke, first of all, we had... Um, we had a weird situation in the kitchen where it was almost in the hallway between the, the uh, uh, between the kitchen and the dining room in the little mm-hmm. walkway. There was at up top there was an oven with old dials, of course, and then course. below it, below it, so that you had to like bend down to put shit in it was the microwave, and it was oh. a big old like it was a space oven, like it was definitely it was both of these things were late. 70s but top of the line in the late 70s when they were installed uh-huh. so um uh, uh, uh so when the oven broke we would put things in there to keep them away from the mice like open boxes of girl scout cookies for example or perhaps a bag of rice 
Um, it became uh-huh. a storage cabinet that was harder for the mice to get into. Oh. <laughs> I could see myself making that choice, though. Like, of course. But you, yeah, but my mom did it, I think, because my grandma did it. Like, she wasn't... My grandma, oh. when I moved to New York, had all kinds of shit in her oven. And I was like, your oven works. <laughs> Why are you doing this? <laughs> get you some Rubbermaid, lady. Like, if that's what you're worried about. Uh. Uh. Oh. oh I mean God. and two yeah, but that was yeah it was crunchy it was warm it meant mom had her shit together that she was actually cooking um mm. some other things that I remember feeling that way about she used to make stuffed peppers that were really good oh um and that's stuffed easy peppers. that's something I haven't done in a very long time maybe I'll do that I and I also make stuffed cabbage that's really good um, I always mean to make stuffed peppers. I just never get there. Uh, My mother-in-law makes incredible stuffed peppers. Oh, God, I bet. Oh, they're so mm. good. Yeah, they're delicious. My mom did not cook very much when I was growing up. She was not a good cook, and she did not teach me how to do anything, except for I think I learned how to use a candy thermometer and make, like, a softball <gasps> Like, we made caramels together, and we made a couple. I think we made fondant, but you don't need a candy. I don't remember what we even made. Um, But I remember specifically being so excited because the hot water was so dangerous, and then there was candy at the end. (laughs) (laughs) It made me feel very grown up, and I was definitely not old enough to be really, like, helping with that kind of thing. So I love that the thrill was how dangerous the boiling water was. (laughs) I can see, like, like I have the old pictures of you embedded so purely oh. in my memory, and that little tight-lipped smile that you make, and I can, so I can just see your little eyes behind your Coke bottle glasses peering into the boiling water and doing that little smile. Like, I just, I can't. It's there. Uh, yes. I don't know why my lips were so tight. That was before my teeth were all crooked. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> smile real big now with my crooked ass jewel teeth. Um, <laughs> but you're so on brand still as some indie singer songwriter. Oh, for sure. For sure. So, um, so my experience with food, uh, had many layers. Some of it was comfort. Some of it was panic. Some of it was probably a sugar addiction. Um, some of it was, uh, I don't want to delve too, this is more about like food that I enjoyed, but some of it did come with a handful of shame from my sister and my mom. And, um, nobody ever taught me anything about nutrition, literally ever. Um, uh, it was like, oh, you shouldn't eat too much of that, but there was never a good example of how much too much is. And there was never like a, oh, we're all going to learn how to listen to our bodies because that was not what you did in the 80s. What you did in the 80s is you ate a bunch of low-fat bullshit and pasta to lose oh, weight. That's what it was. Right. And or you would uh, have a gr- half a grapefruit for breakfast and a half a grapefruit for lunch. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. So, yeah, we didn't give a fuck in the 80s. Yeah, it was nothing Nothing made any sense, which is why any sort of diet stuff now is kind of easy for me to look at and go, well, none of it makes, we don't know anything about anything. Because there's, 
There's an old Domino's ad from like the 60s where it's like, are you trying to reduce? Use Domino sugar instead. And it's like, oh, what? sure. Instead right. of what? <laughs> instead of mainlining honey? Like, I don't. It's not like dietetic sugar. Um, so my experience ranges from like things that I didn't get to eat very often that I would get really excited to eat or things that we had all the time, like, um, <clears throat> which I would still eat today. My mom, uh, she would take poor people food and spruce it up one way or the other. And one of my favorite things she made was she would take a slab of Velveeta. I mean, not like a giant one, but like probably too much Velveeta eat for one person to have in one sitting. Um, enough to oh, spread on like, say like seven or eight crackers worth of Velveeta. Um, and she would plop that at the bottom of a big bowl. She would make, oh, let's say five or six packets packages of ramen at a time. She would just make a shit ton of ramen. She would dump all the seasonings in different flavors, like get the pork and the shrimp in there. <laughs> Ooh. It was all, it was all just in, just all tray flavors. Um, and uh, then she would pour the noodles and the soup on top of the Velveeta. So it made like a creamy soup. And it was goddamn delicious. And wow. so full of sodium and no, almost no nutritional value whatsoever. Oh, no. But we were poor and it felt good to eat it. Yeah. Well, it's Velveeta. My God. Nothing is better than Velveeta. Oh, I disagree. <laughs> I don't mind it melted on things, but like I know people who will just eat little, little slabs of it, and that texture when it's cold. Oh no! Oh no! But like shells and cheese. Oh yeah! If you're Velvita trying to shells and cheese, cheese up something, I I totally see the appeal. But oh my god! I, I mean, and maybe that's also my child memory. Yeah, of it because we didn't get Velveeta. Uh, my my. Upbringing, food-wise, again, I think to your point, like, this is not about shamey foods growing up as a fat kid. This Mm -hmm. is about, like, (laughs) the weird shit our families did and the weird shit that we liked and the joyous things. Um, We didn't have, I mean, and my my folks were, were comfortable financially, so I didn't even know what ramen was until college. And people are like, blah, 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 ramen noodles. I'm like, what the fuck is a ramen noodle? <laughs> like, and then I was like, oh, this, oh, cup of soup. Oh, my God, these are amazing. Why didn't my parents ever give me these? Right. <laughs> and it's because they do nothing. And Velveeta I only ever had outside of the house because I'm almost certain my mom never um, got Velveeta. Uh-huh. We did have mac and cheese, but we had, like, the Stouffer's frozen ones oh. that you'd bake or microwave. <laughs> <clears throat> mm-hmm. While we're on macaroni and cheese, I, ha- I have to... I have to tell this story. Are you going to get south with me? No, no, no. (laughs) This is just another example of like, uh, so I like how I grew up not really realizing that condiments had expiration dates and things like that. There were some rules of life and cooking and food that my mom just either had never thought of or what have you. She would, we used things until they were done. Like, whatever it was, if it was a towel that was falling apart, even if we could afford another towel, it's a perfectly good towel. And who cares if it doesn't look nice, if it still does the job, that's your fucking towel. (laughs) Right. 
<clears throat> when our one big pot that had Teflon coating in it started peeling the Teflon coating, she just stirred into the macaroni and cheese. Uh-oh. Bitch, I fucking ate Teflon for years. Oh, fuck. Oh, that can't be good. <laughs> I remember when I first saw it. And Uh-oh. she was like, oh, it's pepper. And I was like, this, I'm not stupid. Like, I know this is not pepper. I don't know what it is, but I don't know. Yeah. And I didn't oh, hang out no. in the kitchen with her, so I didn't realize that the coating was peeling until much, much later. <gasps> and isn't that like the equivalent of eating paint chips or something? I don't actually know, but I know you're not supposed to do it. I mean, the fumes eh. from Teflon kill birds and stuff, so surely Shit. eating it is a very bad idea. Listen, oh, I've no. told you a million times, I'm really, really lucky to be here and not addicted to anything. Like, yes, <laughs> really, really, like my true. biggest problem is that I'm fat and my teeth are crooked and I have poor eyesight and... <laughs> Um, currently have, uh, an infection on one of my toenails. Like, everything else is more or less okay. (laughs) I hate it. I don't like the toe infection toenail. Mm -hmm. Let's keep talking about food while I keep talking about my toenail. (laughs) You didn't, um, you didn't do the thing with the essential oils that we looked up? Oh, I forgot. I completely forgot. Um, also, oh. <clears throat> well, we can take it. Sure, we can take a sidebar for my toe. Um, <clears throat> my I cat. Can get this too. It's up to you. My cat, who some of you are familiar with, uh, Sabine, she likes minty things, and um, <clears throat> among the minty things that she really likes is tea tree oil. She really likes icy hot. She likes tea tree oil. She likes. She used to steal my gum out of my purse. Like she likes minty <laughs> things and she likes olives, but minty things most of all and tea tree oil, ooh, especially. <clears throat> and I just didn't, I forgot about it because I, every time I put tea tree oil, like she follows me around and freaks out <laughs> and she thinks it's on my face. So she'll lick, lick and lick and lick and lick and lick and lick my face. And then she's annoyed with me because it's not on my face. <laughs> So I didn't, I didn't feel like having that happen, and then I just forgot about it. But I bet it'll This is work. why she's going to live forever, because her blood is antimicrobial. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that. I love that dumb crotchety bitch. Um, uh, 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 oh, I don't know. Uh, Teflon. You Teflon. were eating Teflon. Yeah. I, I'm trying to think of any other specific things about that just like things went stale all the time and then we were still expected to eat them like if the tail end this was so gross if the tail end of um uh cereal you know cereal's not really equipped for staying good for very long that's that dumb bag is not useful inside a cardboard box so if I like got bored of a cereal and then the bottom like two inches of it in the bag got stale, my mom would take it and she would shake it into a, a big oh into an empty um uh, uh uh instant coffee jar that she had washed out. <laughs> and she would she would like mix it all together. So she would take like five or six different kinds of cereal and mix it all together and then convince me that that was a fun thing to eat, so I would keep eating the stale cereal. Until it was done. Oh. Oh. I mean, that is, that is clever. (laughs) I mean, I did it. (laughs) 
Okay, you tell me one. Because if you don't, if you're gonna have to pop in here because I have so many weird. You have shits so like many, this. and it's gonna yeah. be really hard for me to not want to just keep fucking listening. Yeah, that's fine. Oh my god. Well, I guess I will start with one of the most hotly debated uh, food rivalries of all time, which is that my mom was a solid mayonnaise person, and my dad was a miracle whip man. <gasps> oh no! <laughs> that's that's a rumble waiting to happen. And because women are just peacekeepers, all of the things that mayonnaise would have been part and parcel of chicken salad, tuna salad, etc., etc., probably like BLTs. My father, my dad inherited a lot of really weird food uh, predilections mm. because he really was, he really was um, very much a product of the Depression. Like, um, my grandparents were very uh everything was aspics you know <laughs> everything was aspics everything was um just like cheap 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 prepared foods and not that my mom's family was that different but my mom is a little bit my mom's uh eight years younger so um so yeah my dad loved miracle whip and because women are natural peacekeepers my mom was like you know what this is not the hill i'm gonna die on <laughs> Miracle Whip can be the thing we put in tuna salad and such and such. And when I have a sandwich, I'll just put mayo on it. So we always had mayo. Mm. But mayo was not the staple ingredient of those kinds of things. Oh, if you're making, if you're mixing it in. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. uh Uh-huh. I don't like it. It's sweet. I don't like that. It is sweet. Guess who ate sweet tuna for most of her life? (laughs) Guess who still thinks that that is what real tuna is? Listen, listen, everybody. I now have a thing for sweet pickle relish in my tuna, so oh, I have mine. That's so good, like fucking sweet. gherkins. Yeah, I really oh, like gherkins that. and capers. Shut mm, the fuck mm-hmm. up. That's I like, so good. I like texture. Uh, mm. My mom liked so much mayonnaise that it, the tuna almost felt oh, no. like a like a light airy mousse. Oh no. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Oh, Marsha and her manis. <laughs> that woman was a Taurus legend, let me tell you. Oh, you know what? I remembered um, I had her birthday wrong. It was March 30th, uh, not April oh, 30th. Oh, so She was in Aries. Yeah, I was like, wait, have I been doing this wrong my whole life? No, she was definitely in Aries. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. What were, tell me what, tell me what breakfasts were like at your house and tell me what they were like. Oh, I'm sorry. Is that all of the Miracle Whip story? Um, uh, so, so yeah. Sorry. So basically, so I grew up being a Miracle Whip kid and only when I was living on my own was I like, I should buy Miracle Whip, right? My mom's like, let me tell you something, honey. <laughs> <laughs> let me tell you, you don't have to do what your father does. <laughs> Oh my god! Oh, sometimes you need that permission, though. That was and, really and, sweet, right? And also, but I, but I didn't. My mouth didn't not like it yet, right? Oh. So, like, I, I still like if my mom made Miracle Whip tuna for me today, mm. I would eat it, and it would be like I had blasted back into the past. It would be sure. the greatest day of my life. Sure, <laughs> that's all I really. I want. mean, obviously, a Miracle Whip and tuna sandwich. Mm. 
<laughs> it's got that tangy zip. That tangy zip. Um, and uh, uh, but but after I had after I had left the nest and I came home once, my mom was making a new tuna recipe. And I'm like, what is this? And she's like, oh, I'm making it just for myself. And it had mayo in it. I'm like, why isn't it sweet? And she's like, honey, because it's not, it's not supposed to be sweet. (laughs) 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 And, uh, and so she was like, you can make it with mayonnaise. And, you know, obviously everybody else I knew was like, oh my God, you like tuna with Miracle Whip. I'm like, I don't know how to not like it. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't know no. what you want me to do. You don't have options about that when you're a child. You're not like, I'm sorry, no. can I just see what's going in that thing? Can I? No. Mm. Absolutely not. Oh, and my father was so stubborn. Oh. So stu- I mean, good Lord. Really, the, the hills that he would die on mm. for things like that. <laughs> um, <laughs> but my second favorite sandwich... I really loved tuna salad. My second favorite sandwich of all time was, I mean, I get, like, one of my mom's favorites that she had eaten when she was a kid, I think. And it was just two pieces of, like, Pepperidge Farm bread with cream cheese spread on both slices and sliced up black olives. Oh, we did that, but we did it with green olives. Holy shit. Wow. Wow. Did you hear me? Right. Did you you could you hear the pause as my mouth dropped open? Wow. I did. I don't think I knew that I other people did, did that. Um, I didn't of, think any other people did that either. Wow. <laughs> what kind of bread did you put it on? Uh I guess not like seven grain. Like though that was the sort of like soft bread we had. It wasn't mm. whole wheat. Uh it had it was like multigrain. It had all the seeds and stuff in it. Oh, gotcha. Ours yeah, was, that was that was ours was usually white bread, and it always confused me because at, when I got older and tried to make myself a cream cheese sandwich, mm-hmm. um, I was like, "How do you get this so you don't destroy the bread?" Yes. <laughs> then I watched oh, my mom yeah. scrape the knife across the top of the cream cheese, <laughs> like she was skimming the milk, <laughs> uh, and I was like, "Oh, look, look at your cream cheese secrets, mom." thank god now i can make a cream cheese sandwich yeah i remember really liking that i mean i really oh oh mimi noodle soup so my grandmother everybody called mimi um who knows how grandmothers get their nicknames but this soup is um uh egg noodles like wide egg noodles the wavy ones with Mm -hmm. um you brown up some ground beef and maybe put some seasoning in it and you crumble it really good and then you put that on top of the cooked noodles, and then you dump hot um, alphabet vegetable soup on top of that. <gasps> Is it like a casserole? No, it's a bowl of soup with extra noodles and ground beef. <laughs> oh. But I got to tell you. That sounds delicious. It is delicious. It's obviously very <laughs> noodle heavy, but but for sure. um, people on a budget, like it's so it's different textures and stuff. And there's mm. actually protein in it, which we didn't have every day. Um, mm. Yeah. Very. And I'm guessing depression era from when my grandma was, pro- my great grandmother probably passed away in 82, let's say, maybe 83. So that tracks. Yeah. Um, uh, and, and then, and then, and then macaroni and cheese before the macaroni got, a bunch of Teflon in it. Like I, I ha- I'm hard pressed to oh. tell you 
even why I ate so much as a child because I did not like my mother's cooking. Maybe that's why. Right. Maybe I found other bullshit to oh. eat because I didn't want to eat the food that was on my plate. That's entirely possible when it was covered in Teflon. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I didn't know as a child that it was. I mean, I did, I did later. <laughs> I figured it out once I knew what it was. I was like, oh, no, I need to not eat this. <laughs> um let me see so go uh starting with grandmothers um oh, I, I don't remember my grandmother's i don't remember a single thing my grandmother i don't remember seeing her cook ever but please please continue <laughs> she's the bitch that gave me butter sandwiches please like oh shit ugh. um uh both of my grandmothers were very sweet unfortunately i lost my dad's mom pretty young so I didn't like I don't have a ton of memories of her and she definitely had more gumption than my mom's mom Mm -hmm. my mom's mom had a ton of like anxiety and was um was a pretty fragile person but my dad's mom uh was the one uh my dad always told me she was an eagle scout which technically can't be a thing right but my dad uh, really went through life as though he was never wrong and he couldn't ever possibly even be wrong. So he insisted that she was an Eagle Scout, which meant that I then insisted that she was an Eagle Scout. Sure. And everyone was like, that's impossible. And I'm like, no, my dad is never wrong. So there's that. <laughs> but anyway, my dad's mom, tall, strong lady, had a lot of gumption. And uh, one of the things that I remember of her before she died when I was like eight is that she, when I stayed with her and my grandfather, she would make me peanut butter toast. Okay. And I didn't have peanut butter toast anywhere else. Really? And now if I make peanut butter toast, like, it just sends me right back Wow. There. My mom's mom made a, uh, made a potato salad that was absolutely wonderful and nobody's can rival it. It is the only potato salad that I mm, tell me how really you like your potato enjoyed. salad. I like to know. I like it not very gloopy. Oh yeah. I like it I like it not very gloopy. Um I definitely like it with celery and with smaller redder potatoes. Um I need so I need crunch in there. Yeah, crunch is important. Texture. Again, crunch I need multiple textures. Texture. But like do you put mustard in it because that's the big thing in the south. Like do you or oh. don't you put mustard in your potato salad? That's a big thing. I need to know. Uh uh-uh. uh. I don't like uh-uh. I like a little splishy splash of mustard just to get a little little There tiny. might have been a, There might have been a tiny bit in my grandmother's because she was from North Carolina. Mm mm-hmm. mhm. There so there might have been, but it wasn't mustardy at gotcha. all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it was not a mustardy dish. But, um, and then my dad's mom was the aspic queen. <laughs> my dad's mom fomented my love of a jello salad as well as my father's love of everything gelatinous. My God. <laughs> I love just the word foment with all of those words about aspic and gelatinous or just something about it. Seems like a delicious Chef's topping. <laughs> My grandmother has recipes that have been passed down to my mom. Um, she was just Jello queen uh, of of 
of Pennsylvania because <laughs> we she had us make orange jellos with shredded carrots, which is quite good. Um, orange jello with shredded carrots. Yeah, That's it's actually really fascinating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I actually oh like carrots and sweet things. I'm very, very down for any sort of. Um, there's, I think it's also, I think it's called halwa, um, but might be pronounced halva. It's an Indian dessert. That's a carrot based dessert. That's really yummy. Um, let me make sure I'm mm. halwa, uh, carrot. Oh, maybe it's called halwa puri or maybe I'm too white to pronounce this. Uh, no, it's called carrot halwa, H A L W A. Um, and of course that <clears throat> like carrot cake is one of my favorites. So I'm very here to hear anything about carrots and Jello. Like I'm, <laughs> I think you would quite like this. Again, I, I could probably call upon my mother to take a picture of the recipe cards because she's got all of them from my grandma. Um, and uh, so there was that one, and then there was this dish that is made at all holidays, pretty much exclusively for me at this point. Um, she made. What is it officially called? We called it as a family the lime jello salad. Mm-hmm. And it uses lime jello and cream cheese and seven up. That's of course how old it is that Sprite is not the default. It's seven uh-huh. up. <laughs> <laughs> um uh, seven up and pie pineapple tidbits and walnuts. Those are the those are the basic right building blocks of it, and everything gets mixed together to make this this sort of um, this sort of sweet, limey, uh, creamy, crunchy situation. That sounds incredible. <laughs> it's really good. It's really good, and like, what's funny is that now that of course the families are small enough that. Uh, all of our holidays are combined with Andrew's side and and my side. Um, we make it, and there's utter confusion about whether it's a dessert or whether it's part of dinner. Oh, sure. And, uh, it's part. It's part of dinner. Uh-huh. It's a Jello salad. Yeah, it's a salad. That's a that's a distinction. Yep, like ambro- ambrosia it's salad. Yep. For every single holiday, it is the bunt cake scene. Yes. In my big factory wedding. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Over and over and over. Yep. <laughs> so that is where I get my my passed down love of a of an artful aspect. Thank God none of them are meat uh, are meat can, meat purveyors. I think I would draw the line at a meat aspect. <laughs> oh, you know what? Wow. Hmm. Woof. Kapoosh. Oh yes! Oh oh, fresh delivery! Yeah. Yes, please! <laughs> I know that feeling. Ooh, blue light special. Um, praise report! <laughs> praise report! No, no, no! This is decidedly not that. Um, my mom loved consomme, which is meat jello. It's cold meat jello. And no. I gotta tell you, we would have it in the summer a whole lot. Um, and I guess because I grew up with it, I. Every so often, I'm like, maybe I want that. And it's not even the texture or the flavor or the fact that it's cold. Now that I don't like it, it's because it's so fucking salty. Um, Oh, no. But there's something about, like, I don't know why. Just the little dumb things that she was so into. Like, I I told you that she used to drain the the water from the mixed vegetable can. And then we would drink that. (laughs) 
<laughs> Marsha, she would, every time she would make hamburgers, we would eat a little bit of the raw ground beef, which is a very bad idea. You're not supposed to do that. Ooh. <laughs> I guess she missed her tartare in the city. Actually, I think that's part of what it was, but, but still, but still, still. So like encouraging your child to eat raw ground beef. I did it at a friend's house one time and the, everything no. came to a screeching halt. The whole family was like, what the living fuck are you doing? And I was like, I don't know what you're doing at home. I don't know. Oh, no. God, parents, oh, if you're doing oh, something no. that's an outlier, please at least tell your children. <laughs> Warn them. Set them up for success. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> oh, fuck. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, no, oh, that comes. No. Oh, you poor mm-hmm. thing. You just get the can and then you <laughs> stick it in the fridge and then it just sets up by itself. But if it's room temperature, it's just soup, I think right? So, yeah. I think so. Right. I've never opened a can but of But then there's so content. much like Ben but then there's so much like collagen in there. Well, if you put that it that it, way, no. I never want to eat it again. Yes, it's whatever Uh-oh. whatever. <laughs> I mean, I, I I I thought that was what it was. Perk. I thought that was sort of like why if you put uh like a like a can of chicken soup yeah in whatever. the fridge it it jellifies a bit. I think that's more about I that the was because of that like, solidifying. But you're right; mm-hmm. it is probably collagen and or added gelatin, which is what I mean. It still comes from animals, so why one thing and not the other? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> it's because gelatin means a lot of things in terms of the taste, right? Yeah. But also, but bones only means one uh-huh. thing. <laughs> yip, 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 yip. Gelatin means little red jiggly cubes. Isn't that fun? Oh. I feel like all of my mom's impulses were always pretty standard. Um that there was really nothing strange to me, or I think even looking with um, more observant eyes now, mm-hmm. um, there there was really nothing kind of odd about her own culinary preferences. My dad, <laughs> oh yeah, my dad, yeah, oh my god, if he okay, was he was he a liver and onions <laughs> man like my pop? Fucking probably, but another time where I never would have seen him eat that. (laughs) My dad loved, like, he just loved, like, depression food. He, um, he, he loved Jell-O. Also, if he could have fed himself all of, all of his life, he would have only eaten, like, pie and Entenmann's goodies, and <laughs> once and once or twice a week, just gotten something in his head that he then begged my mother to make. That was like something that he remembered from when he was a kid. Wow, <laughs> interesting. Um, and my father was a smoker from the time he was a kid uh-huh. through sixty. Mm. 60, 61, 2. Um, and so, like, all he did was smoke and, uh, and, and eat whatever he felt like eating when he felt like eating, which was rare. He was not an eater. So when he did, it probably should have been something 
you know, more replenishing than what he angled huh. towards. But um, one of the things he loved to ask for that I never knew the real, that I didn't know the real name for until my mom insisted on telling me. Uh, dad was in Nam. Dad was in the service. He loved shit on a shingle. Oh, I was just going to ask you that. I was going to, my dad liked that too. My dad was not in service anywhere because he was legally blind and his feet were flat. But still for some reason, cream chip beef on toast. Yep. He loved that that shit. It It is really good. Admittedly. I mean, it's like biscuits and gravy, basically. Yeah. It's the same thing. Yes. It's just different format. That's that's my that's my home home taste bud version of biscuits and gravy. Mm-hmm. And uh yeah, no, it's so fucking good. And what is it? It's like cream of mushroom soup and and some really cheap cut of beef. Yeah. Right? Yeah, there's actually you can get it in jars. It's like dried salami is what my, is oh, what my family uses. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes. Yes. But I'm sure you could do any yeah, kind the, of dried the texture. meat. Yeah. With the texture, it had to have been something mm-hmm. like that. Right, right, right. And then just over bread. Just pour it over bread. Yep. It was really fucking good. Yep. Um, but dad would call it shit on a shingle. And I was like, what? I, I don't want that. And mom's like, honey, it's chipped beef. Don't. Just, it's fine. <laughs> you like this. Trust me. <laughs> I really don't want that. I mean, that does not make it sound very appetizing. To be fair. No, it does not. Thank you. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Uh, no. Yeah. Um, cream chip beef, and for some reason, specifically chicken a la king, my dad liked. I don't think I've ever had chicken a la king. I don't know its origins, but I would bet you anything it was a white person trying to do some sort of Asian food. Oh, no. Um, we used to get oh, it in cans. Cheap. Hang on a second. Right? I've seen them. And I want to say it's like a creamy... Maybe it has nothing to do with Asian stuff, but I we feel like we used to get it in a in a can next to the pre-made Asian stuff. Do mm. you know what I'm talking? La Choy. Oh yeah 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 mm. yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. N- I must be having a stroke because La Choy. Wait, no chicken chow mein. Where mm-hmm. where did we have cans of chicken a la king? Anyway, it's chicken and cream sauce with mushrooms. It's like a pot pie without the pie. Oh, that's, I mean, that's good. Yeah, it's fine. But but my family, like, if there was a way that they could get a cream base into whatever the hell we were eating, you, by God, there was going to be <laughs> some kind of mayonnaise or sour cream or oh. mushroom soup base in everything we ate. Of course. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. There was a there was a tavern. There is a tavern in back of the house that I grew up in, and we would go there not infrequently at all. In fact, for my dad, it was sort of like his Cheers. And um, oh yeah, you've talked about that tavern. Yeah, and uh, and they made pub food mm-hmm. basically, and we would go not infrequently. It was kind of like the default. Well, let's go get dinner here. Um, and it was like, uh, <laughs> my memories of the place are very smoky because, of course, you could still smoke in uh-huh. restaurants. And <laughs> but they made the most wonderful lobster bisque. 
Ooh. And French onion with the oh, um with the what do I want to say with the like the the bake with the puff pastry on top. Oh, a French onion soup with puff pastry on top. Uh-huh. Wow. Uh-huh. I think both of them did that. I think they both had were in Crocs and they had puff pastry on them. I got to tell you. And both of them were so That sounds delicious, good. but if I ordered French onion soup mm. and you brought me that instead of a big chunk of melted cheese on top, I would send it the fuck back. <laughs> <laughs> Every time I've ever in my whole life had French onion soup, it's been the French onion soup in a crock <gasps> with oh, chunks I'm of I'm misremembering JK. Oh, yeah? JK. It is. It, it The puff pastry goes on the lobster bisque, and yes, the French onion is, like, overflowing with melted okay. cheese. Okay. All right. Good, good, good. I was like, yes. I was like, I like this idea, but that's not... <laughs> it's quite good. Yeah. They both are quite, quite good. Mm, I actually um, have French onion soup crocs. I only make it, like, once a year, but when I do, I and I want mm, that provolone melted all over the damn place. Ah, nah, 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 nah. I bet your French onion is insane. It's pretty Literally cool. everything you make is insane. Oh, thank you. It's true. <laughs> that, it means so much to me because I really did teach myself literally everything. <laughs> Which is remarkable. Uh, because you're quite accomplished. Thank you. So for the given that it's something that you do just kind of like very casually... But very, very well. Um, that's that level of involvement is usually something that is learned young and passed down through. Yeah, no, uh, deft use, and obviously that's not the case. With no, you. absolutely not. I remember my mom. Um, my mom ran into this lady in the grocery store. And I don't know why, but they exchanged a recipe, which she ran home and made. And it was mayonnaise muffins. <laughs> it was little what mini muffins that, like, you would put sour cream in something to make it moist, except for then you could taste oh. the mayonnaise, which she loved. So, Oh, barf. <laughs> like, oh, no. That was her oh, thing. that's such a bummer. Just to, just to mention about cooking again, and I, mm-hmm. it, it was because... I don't support the diet industry in any way, but it was because of Atkins that I learned how to cook for myself. Oh, right. I was a mostly carb cooking person up until like 2001, I guess, 2002. And then um, when it was like, oh, this is a a promise of – I I was so sure that I was going to have this brand new life (laughs) – um, and that desperation at the time is what made me learn how to cook. And I, I had many, 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 many expensive meat disasters. There's nothing like having oh. 50 bucks and spending 10 bucks on a roast and fucking it up to make you feel like you've no. made a bad decision. Um, oh, wow. So your learning curve was steep. It was, but I still... And you were in college, right? Oh, uh, no, I was like... in... I had just moved to New York. It was within the first two oh, years. Oh, well, that's good. That's and my roommate was on it, too. So we were, like, exploring things together. But rather than doing a oh, whole roast, Lord. he would just eat so much bacon. <laughs> oh, no. Blech. Oh, the whole house smelled like bacon all I, the time. Also, I was really, like, my favorite thing to make myself as I grew more <laughs> uh, 
Oh, I had two things that I became really good at making as my mom sort of taught me how to use the stove little by little. One of them was grilled cheese sandwiches. Oh, okay. My mom could make a mean grilled cheese. Because, of course, because it involved bread and butter and cheese. It was so good. Mm. Did you eat yours with tomato soup? Yes, always. Ours was Always. always tomato soup. Campbell's tomato bisque uh, or sometimes tomato rice. Mm, more frequently tomato rice. Maybe more frequently tomato rice. I haven't tomato had tomato rice, rice soup in a long time. I had some just last year. I was I was craving it. And much like my father, I was like, I need this weird thing now. <laughs> yep. That absolutely happens to me. Yeah. Or like where you're oh, – <laughs> it happens to me with Hawaiian bread a lot. Oh, yeah. Where I'm just like, I'm like, why don't I have that in my mouth right now? Why isn't that everything I eat all the time? (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, Yeah, grilled cheese I was super good at. I would make the grilled cheese and I would make tomato soup. And I also grew quite fond of making myself um, uh, egg sandwiches. Oh, tell me how you made your egg sandwiches. Did you, it was like a fried egg or what? I would do fried eggs. Yes. I would, uh, I would grill my bread just a little bit. I would butter and grill the bread or excuse me. No, I wouldn't do that first. I would fry up an egg, two eggs, one or two eggs. I'd fry on both sides and then I would butter bread on at least one side, if not both, put the fried egg in the middle, mm. um, put the sandwich down on the pan and add cheese yes, girl. and and close it and then sear yep. it, grill it, grill it, sear it, and flip it over, grill it, grill it, sear it, let the bread toast a bit, let the cheese melt a bit, and that was the most perfect, perfect egg sandwich. Yes. I I have to tell you the first time I had an egg sandwich made like that, it was, uh, my friend, my friend, Andrew from college, um, we were over, Mm -hmm. they, (laughs) there were a bunch of our friends who lived in a place that they just called the double wide. It was, it was a double wide trailer that had, I guess, three bedrooms maybe. Um, and, uh, yeah, it was big. It was big. Like you wouldn't know it was a trailer except for the outside. It looks like a trailer. Um, a prefab home, if you will. And, um, I remember, I think that was also the same night I first discovered what Thunderbird is, which don't ever drink that. It is. I know what Thunderbird is. What a horror show that is. Um, (laughs) but yeah, he was cooking and I was like, that smells so good. And he was like, do you want an egg sandwich? And I was like, I, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and I just remember I like I eggs even, and I like sandwiches I didn't think I was really drinking that night um but yeah I just remember being like oh this looks good and I just was so excited about it and he showed me exactly how he made it and it was exactly like how you just described that is the only Ugh. only appropriate answer it is it is so good <laughs> and for some reason it's like so the eggs against the the eggs and cheese makes mm. the bread taste a little sweet the way yep, it's toasted, yep. and I don't. Oh, uh, I used. To, uh, I love them. I could live on them. I well, I, mean, I did honestly, in college after that, and that was not. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I could have used 
maybe a, a piece of lettuce every now and then. <laughs> I love egg sandwiches. They are my favorite things of all time. And uh, as I have become gluten-free, um, finding a good bread for it is more challenging mm. because there's just nothing better than like a fucking, uh, like a delicious multi-grain situation. Mm. Um, but I digress. If I, if you gave me like three foods that I could live on for the rest of time, it would be egg sandwiches and strawberries. I love good strawberries. I love good strawberries. Um, and I might even hold on to the third one just so that I have a wild card if I need it. <laughs> good for you. <laughs> good for you. Um, if, I, if, if mine was three without, like, any extreme health con, uh, consequences, um, <laughs> right, I've right, mentioned right. my extreme love of pasta and also how my body does not like it. <laughs> Oh, it's just I I always whatever it is, I just eat it too fast. And it's different from any other kind of noodle. It's like spaghetti noodley pasta. I can have it mm-hmm. with ramen. And I think that's because the soup is so hot. It slows me down. But there's nothing else that I plow through more than a bowl of spaghetti. Like, God, that's why I get that dream field stuff, because um, it's got it's like. I don't care about counting carbs and stuff. It just makes me feel better that it's not. Right, right, right. But it, it impacts your body less. So much. <laughs> Semolina yeah. or whatever the hell. Um, sure, right. All that weird. Yeah. It's so <laughs> whatever it does God, to your body. Um, and then <laughs> um, the one thing I don't have down down is roasting a whole chicken. And I love a rotisserie chicken. So I think I would go pasta, rotisserie oh. chicken, and then maybe roasted broccoli. Oh. Like if I was going to have not, I, I don't think I would even pick something sweet. I think that it would just be, I could do that. I would miss rice, but yeah. Of the two that. of us, you are the grown up. <laughs> Look at, you just chose a dinner meal and I have chosen like a child's lunch <laughs> <meal>. <laughs> Which let's talk. Lunchables are disgusting, but yeah, the (laughs) thickness of all of those the things that came with the lunchables, I just hated it. And then my food was, you know, your sandwich or whatever is usually warm by the time you eat it when you're a child. So then it would like the cheese would be sweaty. Ugh. And then and it was usually like, would you like this honey mustard to put on your on your salami and cheese cracker? Like honey mustard. <laughs> I got lunchables here and there. I think my mom just kind of always had an honestly, my mom, while she was definitely uh, you know, complicit in like the, the diet fads of the nineties, mm-hmm. um, I think she also just had like a sense of what was just straight up garbage, like sulfites and oh, cardboard. <laughs> like like Lunchables. Mm-hmm. And so I think even without it being a, a caloric restriction, make this child smaller, um, I, I think she had a general sense of like, uh, it's probably 
probably not great for her to have so much of those. So here's a Lunchables day, and you get another one in a month. For now, let me make you this sandwich with deli meat or tuna salad or something and a bag of carrots and blah, Sure. You know, like, uh, we also, I didn't, I didn't get any, like, there were no Twinkies or Ding Dongs or Ho-Hos oh, or Snowballs. Like, uh, there, there was no, there was no, uh, super sugary snack foods unless they were things like, like fruit based. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Gushers, fruit by the foot. Well, also not um, healthy, but, <laughs> but Not hilarious. healthy, no. In fact, perhaps less so. But possibly but, vitamins in there somewhere. Possibly just, like, some multivitamin serum or whatever. (laughs) But the focus was always fat-free, right? Mm -hmm. And so if it was creamier and cakier, it had fat. And if it was only sugar and and food coloring, it didn't, right? (laughs) (laughs) That's what they fucking were. Mm -hmm. So I I had sugar and food coloring. I really want a fruit roll-up right now. (laughs) God, get it stuck Uh, in my teeth. Mm. Dude, you know what I really, really think I would enjoy? Mm. A dunker, a a little container of dunkaroos. Dunkaroos were after my time. I've had them. I have had them now, but yeah, yeah, I didn't know what they were, which is amazing, too. Right. No, you would have been a teenager when they came out. Would you like these animal crackers and some frosting to dip them? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I would very much. Have have fun um, concentrating on math after lunch. There you go. <laughs> my mom would usually, before I was like old enough to want to sleep in, my mom would usually take me to the grocery store with her. And the MO in the grocery store was that she would get me a little box of Barnum's Animal Crackers. Okay. Do you remember? They looked like the little... Oh, sure. Uh, they looked like the 1800s zoo yeah, wagon. Yeah. And then they had like a little string so you could hold it. And I would get to eat a container of Barnum's Animal Crackers while oh, she did her shop. And then we interesting. would pay at the end. There you go. It was a great way to keep me occupied. Sure. There's lots to um, look but at. But it means that... Yes. And it means that really good animal crackers are like one of my happiest, safest places. Uh-huh. Unfortunately, most animal crackers are garbage. Yeah. Which is why I was so excited about the magical animal crackers that I found that are gluten-free, that very much taste no like No wonder you like those so much. That's great. I like them so much. Uh, yeah, that's like my happy place. Um, what was I telling you about? Right. So uh, really just like food coloring and sugar was fine. Anything cakey was not. Um, but not to go down like the horrible diet rabbit hole because... Uh, but what my parents very much enjoyed, which was really more for them than me, and which I would sneak as much as possible, were Pepperidge Farm cookies. Okay. And Entenmann's almost anything. Okay. <laughs> but usually like a big strudel or a coffee cake. Bitch, that raspberry um, Danish. That's, oh my God, that raspberry Danish. I could house... We would, our, my family at least attempted to take slices. We would we would take slices of things and then go sit down and eat them and we'll watch each other go back and take another slice. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I could absolutely eat half of, uh, oh, it's so good. Uh, it's so raspberry good. And then the, like the crumb topping. Mm-hmm. Mm. Oh, the crumb topping was insane. Insane. 
In fact, it needed to be denser and moister. So Entenmann's was definitely a thing. And um, like as my disordered eating became uh, came to the fore, that was definitely what got most of my attention. Oddly, for a for given the fact that I really was not given um, like Lunchables or there was a huge focus on like processed food, there was a children's focused microwavable dinner called Kids Cuisine. <gasps> oh, uh-huh. That I do remember. Remember the two hosts of it were like a penguin and a polar bear? Yes, I sure do. And Kids Cuisine, it could not have been more simple. It was just a segmented plate of, I don't know, chicken fingers and mashed potatoes and like corn. And then you'd get one little dessert thing that was like a brownie. Right. And you'd warm it all up together. Kids Cuisine was my shit. <laughs> they, that was the one that had the dinosaur-shaped nuggets, right? Oh, I'm pretty sure it had dino yeah, nuggets. Yeah. But also, it always had it had a toy <gasps> of, of some sort in every in every box. What? If it wasn't a toy, it was like a sticker or a temporary tattoo. You know, it had something to entertain no, you. that's great. In fact, I... Have uh, there is a, there is a book that I have somewhere I forget which one it is but I have a book that I had as a child and my kids cuisine toy must have been like a a sticker this book belongs to because that's what's in there. Oh, that's <laughs> wonderful! Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Remember when you used to have books? So I ate a ton of those. <laughs> I love I books. Do too. I do not like. I do not enjoy reading things on screens. No. I really don't. Um, mostly because my eyes get tired. Yeah, same. Yeah, I like the feel of a book. I like the smell of a book. I like to crack that spine. Mm. I know that bothers some people, but I just, if I have a book, I'm going to fuck up that book. Like, I, I will write in it. I will dog ear it. I don't care. The, for me, the having of a book has nothing to do with keeping it nice and everything to do with making it mine. Ooh, yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. I also really, really, really love taking other people's books. Not taking them, but um, secondhand bookstores. Love. Oh, my God. Oh, God. I used to love those. Oh, you could take a bunch of paperbacks and then you could trade them in and you could go through Mm. the. Oh, I could spend hours at the Strand. Oh. Yep. Fuck. The Strand is great. Um, and even like local to me. Oh, the local ones. When the best, I though. was, <laughs> there was a place, there probably is a place, but there was a place in Teaneck called Briar Rose Books. <laughs> and, um, and honestly, it was like the beginning to the never ending story. Oh, sure. It was a dark and musty place just full of stuff. And the, the proprietor was kind of an asshole. <laughs> sort of sort of a Larry David type, but grumpier. <laughs> Comic books. He didn't have that smile that's always hiding behind Larry David's, <laughs> you know, biting, biting. What wit. a great way to put um, that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Nothing sardonic and, about uh, it. <laughs> No, not at all. And like anything you could want was under a dollar. And my favorite thing to do there was to go and see how many original paperbacks I could find, particularly of Stephen King's work, and to and to get them. And so I have uh, most of I have so 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 many of my original Stephen Kings from Briar Rose. That's so great. Mm. Ah. 
Yeah. Oh. Nothing better. Bef- oh, hours and places like that. And I would get so excited. Hours. So excited when we were going to go. Ugh. I need to read and more. Even, what is um, wrong with me? I have time. Oh, girl, same. Whatever. It's fine. <laughs> I do want to, before I forget, I want to, you were talking about how you didn't have a lot of cakey things in the house. No, we had, we didn't. We had right across from the post office, um, which then, or maybe it was in the same strip mall as the post office, or maybe it's what the post office turned into. I don't know. Route 17 somewhere. Um, there was a, mm-hmm. a hostess outlet. And uh-huh. it closed at weird times. So occasionally my mom would actually pick me up from school on time and then we would go directly there because they would close at like four or something stupid. I just remember there always being like a scramble and us coming in like at the end sometimes when they had already turned out the friggin' lights and my mom was like, nope, got to get my, my cheap pies. Um, and it was all day old stuff. But it was like each one of those pies, they were real sugary on the outside and the, the crust was really, really flaky and they didn't have as much of the pie crust on the edge. Does that make sense? It was like a half, as a hand pie, it was like a half pie mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. folded over, but the part where it was crimped didn't have as much on it as the pie, other pies that you would get elsewhere. And, and one of them had pudding inside. It was a fucking pudding pie. A pudding pie? Uh Shut the fuck up. And mom would let me get whatever I wanted. And it's whatever brand, maybe it wasn't Hostess, but it was whatever brand has, there's like a cake that has red red coconut on it. Not snowballs, like red coconut. And it's shaped more like a Twinkie. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, it's Mm -hmm. maybe Funny Bones. Maybe also the peanut oh. butter ones, but that oh, good call. Hostess too. Anyway, regardless, if she had just gotten a paycheck, that's where we went, and then it was already day old. So would it matter if we just kept it forever because it was preservatives anyway? So, it, <laughs> so we would just have piles and piles and pi- and nobody ever, nobody was ever watching how much I ate. Sure. And it's not like they should have been policing what I ate, but there was never a conversation ever. And I did not learn how, I did not learn that I was, I was self-medicating with food as a child. Absolutely. That's what I was doing. Right. When sugar's your only drug, and if you you want to escape, then you have your paperback books and, Mm -hmm. and you're putting pies. Fuck, I want a pudding pie. Which is, there are, there are worse coping mechanisms. Oh, absolutely. No, I really, it's fine. I just. But right, you should have been, it's, and it's such a fine line because you know that, you know that all it would take is just one, one more whiff of like parental concern to then go into a, a, a diet monger. But, you know, you are a, a living person creature and there are nutrients that we need and there are better there are better vehicles for getting those nutrients than others and like yeah all and if somebody is displaying worrisome behavior getting down to the root of why that is the case is important well for me um i mean even through college i wound up getting tested uh when so in college 
all of your healthcare, if it was something you could get done at the little doctor that was right there, then it was included in whatever your mm-hmm. tuition was. Like they had to prepay that, but we never went to the doctor before then. So I got tested for mm-hmm. mono and I got tested for um, hypothyroid, which is my dad had. Um, oh. I was just tired all the time. I wasn't sure if I had like Lyme disease or what. I was tired all the time. And Fuck. when I moved, when I went on Atkins and was like not eating half of an Edmunds cake for breakfast and wondering why I couldn't make it through the friggin' day. I, re- I don't know what I want to call it a sugar addiction, but it was profound when I started actually eating protein <laughs> and, and right, like making sure to right. get green things. It was, yeah. I'm, I mean, that's probably why I, I just rattle off the things that I did because those are the things that make me feel good overall would I like to just mm-hmm. eat baked macaroni and cheese for the rest of my life? You bet your sweet ass with maybe some tuna sure. tossed in there. Mm. <laughs> I like some tuna mac and cheese. But um, I, I slept so much as a child. I slept through classes in high school. I, I was a, a mess. And, and when I was feeding myself <laughs> – I would just take a box of fruit Newtons to school and eat like five of them for lunch and then, oh, and then baby. go out for like McDonald's afterwards. Uh, and no shame in any of, of this. I'm talking about my personal experience and knowing how yeah, food like that affected me. There is something right. intensely wonderful about chomping into uh, just like a junior bacon cheeseburger from Wendy's. Absolutely. Um, but if that's all right. you ever have. Right. Right. There, we are animals. There are things that our bodies oh. need that obviously highly capitalistic fast food cannot provide. Mm-hmm. It just, it can't. It can't. Um, that's a food desert. You were in a very insulated food desert. Yes. But it was, it was not, it was a financial thing and not that things weren't there. Right. More people should have been paying attention. Obviously your mom had a lot of incapabilities. um, But like literally anybody should have seen someone who was so tired all of the time and who they never saw eating anything other than a handful of Fig Newtons and, 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 and intervened. Nope. That was not something that nope. happened. Not not a whiff. Nope. Not a whiff. Um, uh, a food disaster that I don't know if you can relate to as a child, but um, my parents, pre-me, pre used to uh, really enjoy tackling um, ambitious recipes together. They would get Bon Appetit and they would, you know, spend a weekend just collecting ingredients and making something that they never would have made otherwise. Oh, fun. And one, yeah, it was super cute. And um, one year, I was maybe, I don't remember how old I was. I was like at least 10. My folks got in their head. They had seen on Bon Appetit that there was, like, this chocolate orange ganache cake. Yum! Mm. And it looked really beautiful. And it was very ambitious. It was, like, from scratch. So, um, 
it was around the holidays. They were planning to bring this cake to like a New Year's party. Mm-hmm. And I spent an entire weekend day with my dad getting this cake ready, making, you know, like the orange marmalade or whatever, Uh. making every single element of it. And then when we put it in, something in the actual rising ingredients had expired. Oh, okay. And this cake was basically just like a sad balloon. Oh, (laughs) was it all like just like a dip in the middle? I think so. Uh Like it was still delicious. um, But it was a whole day of work down the tubes. We got more of whatever had expired, whether it was baking powder or baking soda or, you know, uh, or the flour itself. And had to do it again. So we spent two fucking wow. days making this cake that eventually we got right. <sighs> but like, oh, oh, such a memory. Amazing. That's so funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, when we um, when we talk about holiday holidays, eventually I will tell you the story of the, the year of the microwaved turkey. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm real excited. I will tell you one more thing, and it's not food that I grew up with. It's kind of food that Andrew grew up with. Andrew and his family are all from the New York area versus the fucking boonies, where I'm from. And they all had their favorite, like, 
uh, uh, trade secret delis and little hole in the wall Italian places like and and it's through them where I learned that the core Jersey lesson of like the dingier it actually looks on the outside the better the food is on the inside oh yes um hum and so I learned to trust a place called Ralph's which looked like I mean, it looked like an old and failing pizza joint, and inside was the greatest Italian food that I could wish for. (laughs) Right? In, like, the fucking folding chairs and drop tile ceiling. Mm -hmm. The best. Yep. And one of the places, and, and every place that they would take me was very unassuming, and I learned quickly that they really, you know, uh, they had quite a bit to offer. So one day, Andrew, there was this whole big thing about this Greek place that they had all loved that was owned by three brothers, and the three brothers had had a falling out, or it was like two brothers and a cousin. And they had all had this Greek place together, but then they had a, a fight, and so they all split up, and one guy opened up. Uh, a one Greek place and the other two opened up another one and they were cu- like not talking to each other. It was very Greek and it was very dramatic. <laughs> well, uh, Andrew's family was bereft when they split up and they went to go to the one guy's place and they were like, it's not good anymore. And so they had to basically start like a whisper campaign to try and find where the other guys had gone because it was like... <laughs> <laughs> it's not like they had a fucking website. It's not, it wasn't like that. It was just, you know, they had gone somewhere. And basically, Andrew's family tried to ferret out where they could find these men. Because the one remaining guy wasn't going to tell them. Oh. And they they figured out, I shit you not, they figured out a, a tiny outlet mall, if you could even call it a mall, in Sea Caucus. Not that far from the train station. Hey. Harmon Harmon Cove? Yeah. And, like, no store in there is a real store. There, nothing, you've heard of nothing that is in this tiny building. It's all just real sad. (laughs) Well, one day, we go to this little, and and my father-in-law's like, nope, this is where they're supposed to be. We should be looking for them here. We walk around, we get to the food court, which is even sadder, and Lo and behold, these two Greek guys are under just one uh, very unassuming sign that says, like, chicken buffet, right? Chicken buffet could be owned by anyone. Usually, it's more of a Chinese offering. Yes, I would say that, yes. They own this place that's officially called Chicken Buffet, and it's next to, like, a old sad Sabaro and shit. Wow. And Andrew's family goes over, and here are the two guys, and here's the best part. Anyone else going to the food court is going to be like, whatever, I'll get fried chicken and, like, a mashed potato. And they make that. But if you go over and you wink and you say, hey, Costas, could I have the souvlaki (gasps) platter, please? They pull out all the stops and they make you the most beautiful souvlaki platter with marinated chicken and with shaved lamb and with fresh hummus with all kinds of herbs in it and the most delicious tzatziki sauce and a Mediterranean salad and there's shit that I know I'm forgetting but holy 
fuck. Wow. And the best pita, the most delicious, soft, warm pita you could ever want. Is it still around? And so we would, I don't think so. I don't think so because we never would have stopped Mm. going, ever. Um, but yeah, so the, we, we managed to find the best Greek place in the world and then found out that they were in this, like an abandoned mall with no signage whatsoever. And if you go and you tip your hat and you nod and you ask real nice, they'll make you what they're actually really That's amazing. Isn't that amazing? Oh my god. Whew. Yep. Yep. <laughs> I love that stuff. Um, oh, in recommendations, yeah. I just got this privacy film for my window. And mm-hmm. um, it is, uh, it looks like cracked ice. Um, oh, that's a different kind. That's, it has a gross name. Let me see if I can look at my, my orders. Um, rabbit goo. <laughs> I told you that's a gross name. Um, and it no. looks like uh, stained glass. It's just, a, it's not even sticky. It's just a piece of vinyl that you just sort of spray some water on and plop on your window. Um, and it's, it's like frosted. Um, but then when the sun really, really hits it, then there's little rainbows all over your room. And I Ooh. love it. Um, I love it. It's perfect. It is It is one of the first times in recent history that I have purchased something thinking it was going to be a certain way, and it, then it was that. <laughs> <laughs> Hooray! That happens the other way around so often, and I'm just disappointed all the time. But there you go. Well, here's your here's your fancy little PSA. If you guys, uh, if you have any celery hearts hanging around your mm-hmm. fridge or any romaine hearts or even human hearts, to, 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 human hearts, tomatoes of any kind. Uh, anything else? I'll start with those three. Uh, you can continue to grow romaine um, from the heart if you uh. put it in a small dish with like a half an inch of water. Get out of here! And it will for real, for real. And it will continue to sprout new baby leaves from the center. And then once you, uh, and then I think it will start, it should start growing some kind of roots down from the bottom. And then if you want to put it in soil, you can. Celery does the same thing. Put a celery heart in a dish of warm water, like a half an inch to an inch of water. It'll start growing up, uh, growing new stalks from the center. (gasps) And if you want, you can transplant it into soil. Um, and then with tomatoes, so this is super fun. If you just slice tomatoes and you place some tomato slices, like four corners in one vessel, I even, I used like a little Tupper, Tupperware uh-huh. thing, um, in, uh, in four corners and just lightly cover it with soil and give it, you know, sunlight and water, um, you will start to get a billion sprouts from all of those little tiny tomato seeds. Yeah. Well, that sounds amazing. Uh, I'm I'm full of vaulting ambition that will definitely overleap itself. Um, I'm ready. I'm ready to try some projects for the first time in weeks and weeks and weeks. So I'm I'm gonna fail at some of them, but that's fine. Good. For Yay! You. Good for you. 
Yeah. I feel like I'm in the mood to try things. Finally. Yay. It's going to yeah. happen. Yeah. I think so. Well, I I adore you. <laughs> Old Gil really needs a oh, win. Oh, man. <laughs> swing, bada, bada, bada. Swing. So I love you. <laughs> oh, wait. Uh, fuck buddies. We have a Patreon now. Oh, my God. We have a Patreon. I made it. I made it. Patreon.com slash all the fucks. Several tiers available for you and for your support if you feel so inclined. Uh, each one is going to have a few goodies that you might find delightful. Um, check us out. And uh, if it's not in your means, please, please, please uh, do share it. Um, as well as uh, a link to the podcast. Yay. Yay. We have not made that ask before. I think it's appropriate to Hooray. do so. <laughs> Alright, thanks, fuck buddies. You guys are the shit. Lillian, you are the shit. Oh, I love you so much. you're the shit. Mm.